Welcome to the Thriving Farmer Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Kilpatrick. Our mission is to inspire, educate, and celebrate sustainable farming. We believe that you can build a profitable, sustainable farm that gives you true farm freedom. Join us as we talk to farmers, innovators, educators, and entrepreneurs to glean their top takeaways in business and life. Hey, Thriving Farmers, Michael Kilpatrick here with yet another episode of the Thriving Farmer podcast. And today my guest is Margie Paskert, who is a market gardener, and she also sells a lot of online plants. So she started in um, Northern Idaho 25 years ago, doing mixed veggies and a few plant starts. Then she moved to rural Missouri in 2006 and tried to do the same thing, but the business model did not work there. So she switched to online sales of plants only. And her business has grown steadily since then. And then about three and a half years ago, she moved back to Colorado because the beauty of this business type is it's very location independent because you can grow transplants anywhere easily. Welcome to the podcast, Margie. Hi, thank you. So, I mean, I kind of tried to say it there in the intro, but tell us your business model. How does that work? I just have greenhouses, I grow plants, I sell them online and I ship them. Okay. Okay. So that's a very interesting. So I know you do a little bit of like local to like some local people, but you literally box up plants in little cardboard boxes and you ship them. Is it nationwide? Yeah. Everywhere, but uh, well, Alaska and Hawaii, although we've shipped to Alaska, but um, okay. Hawaii, Hawaii doesn't let us, but yeah, all the other, yes. all the other yeah. states. Okay. And then, you know, how do people find you online? Cause obviously that's the thing people are going to be wondering. Well, you know what? I've been on Etsy for years and I'm so high in their search engine. Now I do no marketing. They okay. all, Etsy does it all for me. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Yeah. And we'll get into the marketing at the, at the uh, you know, further in, and we'll talk a little bit more about at the beginning, but let's talk a little bit though, about like your start into farming. Cause you've been farming for now for a while. Yeah, 25 years. I started out with the mixed veggie, you know, acre or two. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd always do that. And uh, I loved it. And it worked well in northern Idaho. But um, every year I sold more and more plant starts. And, uh, you know, those were good money early in the season, really helped me get going. And um, they became more and more of my income every year. People love buying plants in the spring. And so when, I, you know, my veggie operation didn't work in Missouri because uh, folks are just don't have the money to pay enough to make it worth my while to grow the veggies um i just started selling the plants online and it worked out beautifully and so i I stopped doing the vegetables for sale because i was making so much money on the plants and they kept me so busy yeah now talk us through a little bit of what is the season for plants because obviously it's a very concentrated season typically it is i i ship all over the country so i ship to florida california the gulf coast and they would like to get their plants in february but i'm in colorado so i'm not going to ship in february and i'm not going to uh, spend the money on the heat and the lights to grow shippable plants that early in the season so i start shipping mid to late march okay Um, and you know i ship every week for 10 to 11 weeks depending on the season and first i'll be shipping to the warm states the gulf coast florida and such and as the season progresses i ship further and further north and um, people can choose what week they want me to ship their plants or i'll choose based on their last frost date gotcha and then how do people let you know all that through etsy do they have a little form they can fill out as they're buying their plants yeah, now uh, I tried a new thing last year where they choose their plant by week. And um, 
That's uh-huh. a little tricky. Etsy is not really designed for online plant sellers. So yeah. it's always, <laughs> it's tricky figuring out how to make it work. And so I'm still working on that model, but it has helped. A lot of people realize, oh, they need to order all the plants within the same week. Um, and yeah. so they do, but some people don't realize that. So if they order plants from different weeks, then I'll look and see, you know, where they are and uh, when they want most of their plants shipped and I'll decide when to, but I send them an email telling them when it's scheduled and giving them an opportunity to say, oh no, I don't want them that week. I want them a different week. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that means a lot of behind the scenes work for you then with the customer service side. Uh, oh, tell yeah. Us, yeah. Tell us about your team. How big of a team do you have? Last year, 12 people working for me, not all full-time, but uh, the thing about shipping plants is it's, it's really labor-intensive getting them, the orders pulled and packaged and shipped, but we shipped about 45,000 plants last year over 11 weeks, so wow. that's a lot of plants to box up and ship, so yes, 12 yeah. team members, that includes transplanters, seed starters, waterers, plus all the people involved with shipping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So break down your process a little bit for us, because obviously, you know, a lot of us do raise transplants, but you're producing a transplant to sell. So I'm sure there's some yeah. very specific things that you are thinking about as you go about that. Well, the first thing was deciding on the size of pot to use because because you're shipping, you want it the most economical size pot, but you still want a good transplant. So I use two and a half inch wide by three and a half inch deep pots. And that makes a good size transplant. But um you know, if I was doing four inch pots, it would cost so much to ship. It would be ridiculous. So this is, that's the standard size that most people use to ship plants. Um, Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just getting over COVID. What was the question again? That's totally fine. (laughs) Yes. uh, So many of us are, and it's really interesting (laughs) how much that affects our brain. Oh goodness. Yes. (laughs) I don't think anyone realized that it just slows us down for about a month. Um, Oh, month, a month. Oh no, I'm only at day 12. (laughs) No, I think it's not that bad. Um, (laughs) But um, so the, the, the particulars you're looking for as you are getting ready to ship, you know, think about producing a shippable plant. You mentioned like the, obviously the container a little bit, but talk to us like, you know, size of plants, soil, what yeah. kind of stuff are you working on there? Well, the soil um, to ship, I have to be Japanese beetle free certified. So I can't use any compost. I use, um, I use Promix organic with my cores and that has worked very well for me. Um, if I was using any compost or local soil or such, I couldn't ship to California because I couldn't be certified beetle free. Um, so that you just use that as the easiest um the size of the plant well i ship for 11 weeks so i actually start seeds for 11 weeks because they have to be just the right size to ship i don't want the root so small that the plant's going to fall out of the pot you know Mm -hmm. it has to have a good root ball but if it's too tall it won't fit in the box or it'll be root bound so i start seeds every week for 11 weeks um however many weeks ahead of time that plant needs to grow to shippable size um after 13 years of doing it i pretty much have it down (laughs) yeah yeah, tomato is like a five-week-old transplant. That's that well, your size? It is for the later in the season, but you know, earlier in the season, um, they grow slower. The sun isn't as strong, and so they need more weeks. As the season progresses, things need fewer weeks. Uh-huh. So what takes, you know, eight weeks if you start in January only takes five weeks if you start it in April. Exactly. Okay, so then another question is, what is the range of things that you produce for shipping? 
Uh, oh, I've got over 70 varieties of tomato plants, over 60 varieties of sweet, hot, and super hot peppers, lots of different herbs. Um, eggplant, oh, I've just, I don't even know. I can't just even say it off the top of my head. You know, tomatillos and, and all kinds of funky. It's all just veggies and herbs, basically. Yeah. Um, mostly the ones that can be started from seed. I do do some herbs where I purchase plugs. Yep. That, you know, have to be propagated, but mostly it's yep. all seed. Okay. But everything leaves your farm in a 2.5 inch pot. Yes. It's just the, for shipping, it's the easiest way to do it. Just standardized mm-hmm. size. I have standard boxes. I have standard, um, cardboard sleeves that they go in. Yeah. Same. So I don't actually sell any greens or broccoli or cauliflower or that kind of thing, just mainly because for one thing, they need to be shipped earlier than tomatoes. So it would involve mm-hmm. two shipments to each customer. And there's no way to set that up on Etsy, but also, um, you know, one cauliflower plant in a two and a half inch pot, I, I charge over $7 per plant. So yes, pay that for one cauliflower plant. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, other, other sellers, they'll have different size boxes and they'll have four packs of cauliflower and such, but I just haven't even bothered. I'm so busy doing what I'm doing. I don't, I don't yeah. bother with the cool season things. Yeah. Now uh, let's talk about pest management in the greenhouse. Um, what is your, uh, do you use like a a beneficial insect like a schedule or no i honestly i have learned over the years i, I do grow organically although i'm not certified uh-huh. and i've got to tell you last year i never once had to spray anything um so much of pests uh can be related to improper management uh-huh. and over the years i've learned what uh, inspires pests to show up also um a lot of you know i'm, I'm shipping so early in the year that some of the pests haven't even shown up yet, but I have in the past had problems with aphids. Aphids, I get aphids when I over fertilize. Um, uh-huh. They love a super lush, tender little leaf. I don't want to grow that kind of plant. Um, they look great, but they don't ship well. Yes. I want a nice, tough plant that's going to, you know, withstand the rigors of shipping yeah. and um, transplant well for people. And so actually it works to my, in my best interest to stay low on the fertilizer and low on the water and produce a, a scrappy, tough plant. And when I do that, I don't get aphids. Um, I've had, I've never even had white flies, but see, I only use my greenhouse until May and then I, until the end of May and then I shut it down and, yes. I, and I let it solarize. And that makes a difference too. Yeah. So you're then heat cooking it after that for the next, yeah. is that next nine months? Well, I start, uh, well, February. Or maybe I, I, February, yeah. February through May, I have, I have things in my greenhouse, but, but also, um, Colorado is kind of a low pest environment in Missouri. I had more pests. I'd have cat- caterpillars and that one, that's easy. That's BT or, yeah. um, Oh, I had, Oh gosh, I had a uh, flea beetles badly in Missouri. And those were the bane of my existence. Yeah. Um, but i'm interested that they actually came in the greenhouse or is it oh sure they did um the you know in some parts of the country like in the colder areas the flea beetles seem to go for um uh the brassicas which i don't ship Mm -hmm. any brassicas that's not an issue but the flea beetles we had in missouri were into eggplant and tomatillos Mm. and ground cherries and i ship a lot of tomatillos so those were really tough but i found a product it's a diatomaceous earth with um a little copper in it and I would just uh, get it all over the plants with a, you know, a, a, a what do you call it? Where it creates a dust, a duster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would, that would keep, that would keep them off. So diametaceous with copper. That's interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard of that before. 
Yeah, it's a really great product. It, and I mean, if I had disease issues, it probably would have helped with that. But I've never had disease issues, too. And that's another cultural thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you don't grow them real tender and you don't keep them really warm and you don't overwater, you're going to right there get rid of most of your pest issues. Yeah. OK, so you, do you do cucumbers? I do. Okay. So is that like a two week crop cycle then? No, those are closer to five earlier in the year and okay. four later in the year. Okay. So you're uh, growing squash, a little bit though, bigger. Squash is a three yeah. week crop cycle. That's gotcha. the fastest, the, the squashes. Yeah. All right. So then, all right. So you grow it. And then I'm assuming we just said is you're keeping the water low. So you're making a really tough, hardy plant. Yeah. And then the orders come in. And the first day of the, like Monday, are you pulling all those and lining it up and seeing how many of anything you need to pull for your inventory? <laughs> no, we, um, we pull plants on Thursdays and Fridays and I have, a, okay. I, have a, I have a 20 by 30 greenhouse with full shelving just for all the plants that we're going to pull. So we move those, all the plants we need for the week into that greenhouse on Thursday and we start pulling orders. Okay. And we pull orders all day Friday and part of the day Saturday. And then Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, I have a full crew working on boxing and shipping the plants. Okay. And that's just a weekly cycle. I want to ship them out. I want to ship the plants out on Monday and Tuesday so they get to where they're going before the weekend. I don't want them in the Absolutely. box over the, over the weekend. So we don't ship any later than Tuesday. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So Sunday, Monday. Wow. You're cranking through them then. Yeah. Oh boy, and, are we? <laughs> yeah. And so then is it UPS? Is it FedEx? You know, I got to say, um, I used party mail for years and it was fine uh, mm. until COVID. And then it was no longer fine. Um, it was just taking too long. So I switched to UPS last year and I even had some problems with them, um, because of COVID everything is yeah. just slower. Yeah. So I had to, uh, this year, um, if I was doing it this year, I would pay for more expensive shipping and just charge the customers. They would pay it. They'd expect yeah. it this year, but, um, the shipping that I did last year, three day shipping was taking up to four and five days and that's too mm. long. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So I would, I would, I would, I would ship the, uh, the two day max this year and just pay more and charge the customer for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now it's interesting because like you're selling an Etsy, you also have a website. What percentage yeah. came through Etsy versus your website? Percentage. Um, let's see if you can convert this in your head really quick. Cause I never figured out percentage. I did about, um, Oh, 275,000 on Etsy last year and about 50 to 60,000 on my own website. I've never, uh, advertised my website. It's just overflow people that, yeah. um, have found me on Etsy over the years, then find my own website. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, you know, I, I finally got a custom website last year, which is helping tremendously with inventory. But, yeah. Um, it's integrated now with Etsy and it's a beautiful thing. Interesting. So is that like yeah. a, a WooCommerce or what's the actual? No, I, I'm not sure what the platform is. Actually, I, I pay a webmaster. It's just, yeah. the only my mad, I, I need it. I need to be able to control my inventory because with plants, you know, <laughs> they're, you can't just go out and buy more plants if you need to ship more. They, they take a while to grow. So yes. Really stay on top of your inventory. And since I start selling January 1st all the way through the end of May and I ship for the weeks, inventory gets just ridiculously complicated. And um, so uh, I don't know. There is... Ha. I could find out if someone wants to know, but the webmaster I used found a, a program that integrates websites with Etsy. Uh -huh. So when they order on Etsy, it comes out of the same inventory as on my yeah. website. So I can control the inventory. Yeah. Before I, I couldn't, you know, I, I'd have one inventory on my website, one on Etsy. And if someone ordered 20 of something on Etsy, it wouldn't come out of my website and somebody else might order on my website. Yes. And I'd yeah. <laughs> Yes. But now yeah, yeah. it's it's integrated and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. So you're actually using WooCommerce over there, which is you know oh, it's, again I? it's a, yeah it's a great um, 
basically it works right with WordPress. So it's a fabulous, uh, Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Project, uh, product, but, um, but yeah, again, I just kind of popped into the, uh, went back into the code and looked at that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm not in the back end of your website. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I got to the point where, you know, I, I learned enough web coding in my, my youth that yeah. I can, you know, read a page code. I can't, I, I, if I touch anything, I break it, but I can at least read it. <laughs> so. Well, I'm not there. And I'm at this point, you know, for the yeah. first 12 years of the business, I did a little template type website. And, yeah. Uh, I outgrew that years before I finally decided to pay someone to, to make me a website. And I tell you what, it, at the volume I mattered, it's so worth it to have someone who knows what they're doing. Yes. And if I have a problem, I just call him or I email him and say, hey, can you do this? And he just takes care of it. Yes. And it's um, just taken so many headaches away from me. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Colorado, you like living there. Are there anything yeah. particular that you know works better for the business growing there other than pests? Well, the challenges are, of course, it's colder at night. I'm in the high desert. Yeah. And so I do go through a whole lot more propane. But uh, <laughs> but it's very sunny here. And so with greenhouses, that's just beautiful. The plants actually grow faster here than they did in a uh-huh. warmer climate because yeah. I just have so much sun. And I'm a mile closer to the sun. The sun is stronger. So actually, the plants grow beautifully here as mm. long as I can heat the greenhouses at night. But the heat is super important here. I didn't even have heat in my greenhouse in Missouri. I just used row covers, yeah. which was cumbersome, but it worked. But here I have to have the heat. Yeah. But um, I love uh, living here also because here there's actually a local uh, demand for my plants too. So I do so locally also. There wasn't yes. in Missouri. People didn't care about all the really cool organic varieties of vegetables. They just wanted, you know, a, a cheap red tomato and a, and a bell pepper. That's all they wanted. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But where, where I live in Colorado, people are, you know, into all the funky varieties I, I sell and I love to sell. And yeah. they have more money so they can pay more for the product. And so I actually do have a local local business now. Yeah, because do you do that on farm? Or do you do farmers markets? How does that work? No, I, I don't have time for that in the spring. What I okay. actually do when my plants outgrow the boxes, I throw them away. I mm. I throw away thousands and thousands of plants every year, and it's hard. Yeah. Um, so what I do is I actually have a couple of uh, retail outlets that buy my leftovers from me. They don't uh-huh. actually get to choose what they get. They, yes. I just. Every two weeks, I take in a selection of things that I don't want to throw away, and um, they sell those. Um, the trick is, though, I don't charge them for every plant because they don't get to choose. So I sell on consignment. Um, they only pay for what actually sells. Uh huh. And so they're happy, and I'm happy because, you know, if I make an extra $10,000 selling plants locally, that's yeah. $10,000 that would have been thrown away. You know, exactly. I was going to throw those plants away because I couldn't ship them anymore. And so it's actually $10,000 straight in my pocket, you know, which is yeah. a, a nice trip to Hawaii or something. Oh, and yeah. Then, <laughs> and then also people, because people, once they know you're local, they want to come to the greenhouse and shop. But, oh, man, I don't have time for yeah. that. I'm sure most farmers can understand that. We don't have, we don't have time, you know, yeah. just to, 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 Stand there and to talk. spend 45 minutes to buy $10 worth of product. And, exactly. um so now I can tell people, hey, go to Ace Hardware and Delta or go to Straw Hat Donna Machos and my plants are there. Yes. And so that, you know, it gives a, a local focus where people can buy my plants. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the season, too, I do a greenhouse closeout sale. When I'm done shipping, I open up my greenhouse for two days and locals can come in and buy them really cheap. And this is 
generally the last weekend in May or the yep. first weekend in June. So it's the end of my season and all the plants would get thrown out. And so whatever I do with that sale is just money ahead for me. And the locals love it. And it's gotten really popular yeah. and I can make $10,000 in two days. And once again, that's money I would have thrown away. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's kind I, of your bonus money at the end of the year. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about team because obviously with your system, you have to scale up really quickly and then you have your team and then it's like done. So right. first, how do you find people that are willing to work that schedule? Um, I actually hire uh, like moms who just want to make a little extra money and love working in the greenhouse, um, mm-hmm. but don't have to work. I hire some retired folks that just want a little extra money to spend. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, those are my team members. There are people that uh I mean, a lot of them need the money, but they don't want to work full-time year round or for yes. some reason they can't, uh, but they love the business and they love working here. And so it works for them. Mm-hmm. So you just built a system in place that attracts the right type of people now. Yeah. And my employees come back year after year. I love yeah. them. They love me. Um, you know, for me, my team makes this business. I couldn't do it without them. I treat them well. I pay them well. Um, they can take all the plants home that they want. Yeah. <laughs> and they do. Yeah. And, and it's definitely a team. We have a team attitude here. You know, they yeah. care about my business. I care about them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, you know, you've got them on board and I'm assuming that it kind of slowly ramps up in the start of the year with, you know, yeah. you're just seeding and maybe potting up. Yeah. Um, and, but then obviously once you start shipping, that's when it gets crazy. Really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then do you, which kind of like, where's the breakup? Do you have like, you know, like some management that are doing different tasks or do you kind of just all float? Well, uh, yeah, no, people have specific tasks and it's what they've gravitated to over years that they're good at. Basically. Um, I did last year hire an office manager for the first time. I had been doing it all myself. It was Mm. overwhelming and I never got to be in the greenhouse anymore, (laughs) which is why I do this business. Right. I mean, how many of you out there that have made a success of your farms now never get your hands on the dirt. You're just managing. And, um, so I actually, promoted one of my employees who was, I think her third or maybe fourth year working for me to office manager. And that really freed Mm -hmm. up a lot of my time to manage the other parts of the business. I would have hired a greenhouse manager if I could have find, if I could have found someone who wanted to do it, who I thought was capable, but I never got that last year. So I never ended up hiring a greenhouse manager, but that is something I would do. Yeah. Well, I, I think with that specific role, you tend to then be pulling from, you know, commercial hort and that is pretty well paid jobs. Um, yeah. And they're typically uh, yeah. year round. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like right in close to us, we have stock sliggers, which is, I don't know, gosh, they gotta be two acres of, of glass or maybe more than that. They do five wow. acres of mums. I know that wow. um, I was up there <laughs> and they said, yeah, this mums. is our five acre mum field. Get your order in <laughs> in August. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. so, um, but yeah, I mean, they are, it's, it's quite extensive there, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a year round thing. Cause they were telling me, okay, yeah. this happens this month. Like I was there in December picking up some poinsettias um, and they had the entire line set up and they were cranking. They says, yeah, we'll be doing this for the next, well, he said, we're started now, but we don't stop until June. This, wow. they, every single day they have, you know, those eight or 10 people, core people working. So I would never want to be that big. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's a thing. Yeah. It's big. I Um, mean, for someone who wants that, that's great, but I got to say, I don't necessarily believe bigger is better. And, uh, my business has gotten gotten bigger than I want it to be. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. And then, and if you think about that business right there, it's, they've been in the three generations. So this is a third generation running it now. Yeah. And um, you're right. Do you want that aspect of thing? Yeah. Do you want it to be that big? So talk to us a little bit, because you do mention you feel like your business has gotten bigger than you want it to be. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I never wanted to have 12 employees and uh, be a manager. I wanted mm. to, you know, I, I never actually imagined it happening like this, but it has grown so fast that that's the role I've been thrust into. And my issue every year is just trying to stay on top of the growth because mm-hmm. the growth has been tremendous. And um, I try to think ahead and, you know, you have you've put in new systems, you have to build more greenhouses, you have to change the way you run the packing line, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Every year it's upgrades, upgrades, upgrades. And it just gets to a point where you're spending um, any more profit you might make on upgrades for the next year. <laughs> so yes. yes. I don't actually make any more money than I did four years ago, but I'm mm. shipping twice as many plants yes. because I have to reinvest so much money every year to stay on top of the growth and I have to hire more people. And I look back at four years ago and I think I'd like to go back to that level, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a runaway freight train, you know? <laughs> yeah. So how many square feet of greenhouse do you have then? Um, not a whole lot. Let's see. Oh gosh. At the top of my head, it's, it's less than, hold on 21. It's less than 6,000. It's right around 6,000. Um, the thing about this business model, that's a little different than a retail, um, is that I'm shipping for 11 weeks and I have, I have product leaving every week for 11 weeks. So I'm constantly rotating, rotating, rotating. So I'm freeing up a lot of space every week. Um, so I, you know, I produce as much in my 6,000 feet as most people would producing in at least 12,000 feet or more. Yeah. Yeah. And then and I'm a smaller plant too. Yeah. Later. There's, they're all that small pot. So I can fit a lot of plants in a greenhouse. Yeah. Now what's your, what would you say your number one selling tomato is? That changes every year. But, oh, interesting. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's been probably San Marzano. Uh, for really? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, you can't, have you ever seen a San Marzano tomato plant for sale in a retail outlet? No, there's I they mean, all have aroma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we sell a San Marzano because it is popular and we love it. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, Lowe's doesn't have that. They have those Romas. No. And, and everyone, uh, everyone sells Romas, but San Marzanos are amazing. So that has yeah. been my top. And, you know, when people buy San Marzanos because they're canning, so they buy multiples. And that's another reason why it's the best seller. Uh-huh. Because they don't buy just one, they buy six, they buy 12, you know, so the numbers add up fast. But a few years yeah. ago, you know, what my most popular was, was Brad's Atomic Grape Novelty. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the novelty of a really gorgeous tomato. And then, yeah. you know, bake, I buy actually quite a few seeds from Baker Creek. And I used to actually sell plants at their spring planting festival when I lived in Missouri. Oh, And they've got a great thing. Yeah, yeah. They've got a great thing going there. And um, they do fantastic marketing. And I saw yeah. quite a few of their varieties uh, because not only are they fun, but people know them by name because they have seen their marketing. Yeah, I they it recently did a uh, they sent me an email and it said 24 hours and 100% goes to some nonprofit. And I was like, yeah, they do that. OK, yeah. And I was like, so I jumped in. I spent, you know, 50, 60 bucks because, again, I'm like um, it, it was fun stuff. I mean, it was some yeah. crazy, crazy colors and stuff. Yeah. Now, I will say the varieties are not cheap. No. Um, and, but, and for a commercial grower, they're pretty expensive, but I just figured that into the price of the plant. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You just charge people, more. For people it. are willing to pay more for those super cool stuff. Yeah. They really are. Now it's interesting because you said something at the beginning that I want to bring back up is you said you charge what? $7 a plant. Oh, uh, it ends up being $7 and 32 cents for my base plant. That's the cheapest, yeah. but that includes shipping. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's really but only that, about 
$4 for a plant, $3 for shipping is about how it breaks down. Gotcha. But that's interesting because like when we sell plants, people were, you know, again, we're in very small town America right, here. Right. Uh-huh. They're like a dollar for a plant or like your tomatoes are two ninety nine, And I'm well, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, Michael. Why do you think I started selling online to people in Connecticut and California? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. I just don't They're have sitting in there. You know, my busiest day of the week is Mondays. People go back to work and they're sitting in their offices and they're dreaming about the weekend and they're ordering oh plants to arrive on Friday so they can plant them on Saturday. I mean, Monday, oh I get my slammed gosh. with orders on Mondays. Yeah. Because I mean, what, a, what, a, you know, they're so yeah. busy. They don't have time to go out shopping and they're willing to pay more to get what they want when they want it and delivered right to their doorstep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So you talked about, you know, being more than you want and you had, <laughs> you had the business. Did you still have the business for sale? I, I do. I'm not trying really hard to sell it, but I'm not actually shipping plants this week. Cause I've got a new great thing going. Oh, um, very. Cool. I mean, I'm not shipping this year. I'm, yeah. I'm putting the shipping on hold. It was honestly several reasons. One, it was just growing so fast. It yeah. was, I just couldn't stay on top of it. I put up two new greenhouses last year and it wasn't enough. Wow. I uh-huh. would have, yeah. And I just, I just, I'm putting the brakes on basically. Um, can you imagine yeah. that being successful? But it's true. Sometimes it, you can be too successful. Um, but well, also I got, I really got a really great local opportunity. Um, an employee of mine actually bought an old garden center that had been shut for some years and she's reopening it. And okay. she asked me to, to run the, the nursery. Okay. And so um, I'm having a great time with that. It's going to be all local sales and I'm going to be selling everything, not just vegetables and herbs. And I'm having a fantastic time getting this, this nursery going. Yeah. Well, it also sounds like that you're very similar to me where you love to like set systems up and build things. And then like, it's like, okay, when I get it's bored. Running, you get bored. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. My, I, I have a new idea a week and my wife, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. I last, yeah. I, I got to say, I last about 10 years and then I'm ready for something new. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but in the, in that 10 years, I'm constantly changing and trying new things and seeing what works, dropping the things that don't adding new things. You know, I'm always tweaking. Yeah. Uh, and then, but then after a while I just, okay, I've done it. I'm, I'm at the peak. This is great. Now what can I do? And that, yeah. that's, that's me completely. And this is, this is a great business and people think I'm nuts for just sort of walking away from it. But I'm just ready for something new. Yeah. Yeah. And the garden center is something that it's all brand new. You're starting from scratch. You're building it up from the ground. Mm And, um, and it sounds like you have a great relationship with the, your customer. Um, and, uh, that's gonna, it's gonna be a lot of fun for you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It already is. It's great. Yeah. That's right. And, and you know, another thing too, about selling uh, face to face is you actually get to meet the customers online selling is really Mm. great because you can reach so many customers, but you never actually see them face to face. You know, it's all through emails. Yeah. And uh, I never meet most of my customers. I've had people that have ordered plants from me every year for 13 years. And I don't even know what they look like, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. You just you see that name come through and you're like, Oh, yep. Oh, they, yeah, there's yeah. Their order. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm looking so forward to let's that. Put it, yeah. Let's put it this way. If there was like a magic reset button to, you could go back and start the farm all over again, would you make any major changes from the start? Oh, I've learned so many things. I would have had a custom website a lot sooner for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't, you know what? I'm not a very backward looking person, but I would have, uh, yeah, if I could restart. The website. Yep. Now what percentage- yeah, custom website, I would have done more marketing for myself rather mm-hmm. than just rely on Etsy. 
Um, I actually first started with localharvest.org before I got on Etsy and they made oh, my business. Yeah. yeah, they made my business. They really did. They do all the advertising for you. They just send you the order, you fulfill it. They keep a percentage and it was a beautiful thing. I didn't have to mess with marketing. Marketing is not my strong point. Yeah. Um, but local harvest uh, kind of stalled out. And so I looked around and found Etsy and thought, well, I'll try Etsy. And I tell you what, Etsy has made my business um, completely. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what I'd do without them. But um, Local Harvest then stopped selling online. So I'm so glad I found Etsy when I did and built that up before Local Harvest quit. But I learned yeah. a lesson last year, and this is really important. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, mm. Etsy Etsy's great, but it's a huge company. And they have certain parameters with which with which within which you need to work. And if you don't fit their parameters they can just shut you right down they did that to me last year in the spring they shut me down okay one of my busiest so, weeks of the year they just turned my store off so well, let's and, talk about that because that's incredibly you know, scary imagine, i about had a heart attack <laughs> yeah yeah because i didn't they decided that i had too many outstanding orders i had too much money outstanding things i hadn't shipped and so they just shut me down wouldn't let me take any more orders but and you uh, were like is, yeah, you're like, I've got weeks. These are scheduled for specific weeks. These aren't even <laughs> scheduled to ship in May. And this is March. Of course, they're not. Been, and I'd been on Etsy for 10 years and it had always been that way. But someone last year just decided, oh, this isn't yep. good. And they shut me down. Wow. But, you know, and it's not easy to talk to a human on Etsy. But I did eventually get through and they changed their mind and reopened me after about five days. But those were about the most <gasps> miserable five days of my life. And in that time, I decided, okay, next year I'm expanding. I'm not. I can't just rely on Etsy. And that's yeah. a very important lesson for anyone selling online. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And with that, let's stop here and take a quick break. In a minute, we'll be okay. back with Margie. Where are you on your thriving farmer journey? If you go to growingfarmers.com, you can click on our assessment, take our assessments, just a few questions. And what it will do is show you exactly where you are on the five-stage thriving farmer journey. And what this will do then is give you some next steps, some resources that help you know what to focus on next in your business to move you to the next level with your farm. And we're back. So Margie, talk to us a little bit about, you know, you mentioned a little bit there about the marketing side, how, you know, Etsy kind of turns you off. What other avenues are you thinking about that maybe you need to start moving in, you'd start moving into um, to kind of keep selling your, that volume you want? I decided last year that, I mean, I'm going to stick with Etsy for sure. They're amazing. Hmm. Um, you know, once you've been selling on Etsy as long as I have, I've, I've got over, I don't know how many sales I have on there and I've got a five-star rating. So I've got over 4,000 five-star ratings. And so once you mm -hmm. reach that level, um, you are at the top of their search. You know? Yes. So if you search, if you search for any like the varieties, tomato, tomatoes, I carry, boom, you're going to see my listing on Etsy. It's going to come up first. So yeah. they're incredible. They get you out there, but, oh, I've already told you about the downfall of selling on Etsy. Yeah. What's, what's difficult about it. So I think um, actually, and this is this whole starting over thing. I would work more with somebody who knows how to market and I would market my own website better. Yeah. I would invest the money and the time because Etsy charges. Okay. Etsy, when I first started selling on Etsy 11 years ago, they were keeping four to 5% of each sale. Okay. That's very yeah. reasonable. That's very they're reasonable. Up to, they're up to over 14% now. They oh, keep, wow. They keep taking more and more and more and more. And yeah. it's still worth it to me. Cause if you've, you know, if you're figuring 15% on marketing, that's yeah. okay. Yes, especially yes. since I just don't have to mess with it and I get a ton of sales through them. But yeah. looking back, if I had invested in my own website and hired a marketing person, 
yeah. um, to market. I wouldn't need Etsy. I'd be, you know. Yes. Well, I'd and you could probably. My own website. So with that though, too, I mean, if you had your own website and your own email list, you could be pushing uh, sales earlier in the year so that you kind of like grow to order instead of like grow as orders come in. Yeah. And I did actually have an email list for a couple of years and I did sell, um, send out newsletters because uh, I was trying to promote my own website. Yeah. And that, that actually was really cool. But, um, but then I just got too busy and I, I stopped doing it several years ago because the yeah. business is growing so fast now just because Etsy is such a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's talk about, so then with that, so like descriptions, when you're putting them online, are you doing long form descriptions about the whole variety or are you just using more of a picture to sell it? No, I write descriptions. I wrote all the descriptions that are on my website and on Etsy. I've taken almost all the pictures. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've borrowed some pictures and uh, I've written, I've written all the descriptions. Yeah. And because uh, I'm looking here, like, let's say Amish paste organic heirloom on your website right now. Yeah. Well, that's that is that's great description. Then obviously you have the within 24 hours of receiving your order. We will email you that kind of stuff that you just standardly put with every single. Yeah, that's on every one. every listing. Yeah. yeah the basic yeah. information. Yeah. Very cool. Um, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your advice to new farmers. You've obviously been farming for a while now. Yeah. What would you say to someone who's like, you know, just starting out, you know, wanting to get their, uh, their first year started, what would you say to them? The advice I didn't follow is don't do too much right away. Just, <laughs> just do a few things and do them really well and remain flexible. Uh, Try new things every year. Keep the things that work. Get rid of the things that don't. Mm-hmm. And that is so important. You know, if you go into it with an idea of you're only going to do one thing, if that one thing doesn't work, you're not going to have a successful business. So for me, um, I tried multiple different things and I kept the things that worked. And I just kept every year I would try new things, you know, new varieties, new ways of selling them, whatever. Before I got online, mm-hmm. I was constantly tweaking that way. I had a little CSA for a while. I sold at farmers markets. Um, and, and, and be careful with the advice people give you, you know, you got to love it. You got to do what you love. I know when I started selling the vegetables in uh, my first year in Idaho at the farmer's market, I brought a few extra plants to sell and all the other sellers there at the meeting we'd had before the market started, they said, Oh, we have enough plant starts. We don't need any more plant starts. And people here that they don't want all your funky varieties. They just want a red tomato and a a white potato, you know, and, uh, but I wasn't terribly dissuaded. Um, I thought, well, I'll just give it a try. And oh my goodness, people mm. loved my funky varieties. Yeah. And and my plant sold like crazy. And so, you know, be careful when you take advice from other other people. Try try what you love. Yeah. And see if it works. And the, but like I said, constantly try new things and get rid of yeah. what doesn't. Constantly tweak. Don't just yeah. decide I'm just going to sell tomatoes. You know, and just, just don't be rigid. Yeah. Yeah. What would you, what encouragement would you go back and give your new farmer self? Stick with it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Don't give up your day job, but stick with it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, what would be your favorite farming tool? Oh, for which kind of farming? See, I've done about not, I didn't even tell you that last year I grew cut flowers. I, I, you know, my business is over at the end of May. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I get bored. And I want to keep doing stuff. So last year I just planted flowers and I sold bouquets and I, I loved it. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm very small time now. I don't do, you know, I don't do uh, a lot of growing in the ground anymore. 
Yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure that I have a favorite tool because. Uh, well, what is, what's a favorite tool in your um, transplant business? Huh. So um, do you like, do you do, do you do, do you mechanically seed? Do you hand seed? No, I don't. I hand seed. Uh, the mechanical doesn't work for me because I'm starting seeds every week and I might start 30 of one variety, 20 of another, 12 uh -huh. of another. Is yeah. it specific to the week? I keep yeah. meticulous records. I know okay. every plant I've sold every week for the last 13 years. And when I'm planning my seed starting schedule, I, I look at what sold what weeks for the last two years. And I base how many seeds I start on that. So uh -huh. sometimes it's small amounts. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, early in the year, some varieties sell better. The varieties that do well in the heat. Yeah. Later in the year, the, the short season varieties sell better. So it changes week by week. Um, oh, interesting. So, yeah, yeah, that's so fascinating no, I, too. Yeah. I hand seed because I never do a full tray of any one thing. Uh huh. Um, they're all mixed up. And then you have a tagger, a tag, a, uh, a okay, tag my, printer. Oh, yes. there you go. My tag printer. Yes. <laughs> yes. Might be my favorite tool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You sent me the, and, and actually that's really interesting because didn't you do a post in the market garden success group and people were literally filleting you because, oh my gosh, you're using plastic tags. That's the worst thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, I tried the wooden ones and I'm sorry, the names nope. don't stay on there. They fade. And who in the world is going to sit there and write, as you said, 40,000 labels? Not yeah. Happening. Yeah. I, I had. Yeah. 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 We literally, I'm sitting in my office right here, seeing that tag printer. So I'm super excited to set that up. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, I use, I use recycled plastic for my, for my pots, mm -hmm. and my flats, and they are recyclable. I even buy the, the bubble wrap that's made out of recycled plastic. Oh yeah. It's recyclable. Yeah. And then the rest is all cardboard. I try so hard to be as sustainable as possible, but yeah. when it comes to the plant tags, I am not compromising. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you yeah. could probably, uh, you could probably recycle those too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's one of those things. You've got to look at the key points in your business, which are going to make a break and you've got to do yeah. what works. And then, yeah. as you said, you're going to try others, recycled things, do the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do you believe that now is the best time to be starting a farm? Oh, I think it's an amazing time to start a farm. The demand is up. Um, there's such a, so many people are looking for locally produced. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, look at the supermarkets. The shelves are never full anymore, and they haven't been for two years. And the, I don't see that changing anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Local production is is gaining in popularity tremendously. Oh, the farmers markets around here last year were the busiest they've ever been. Yeah, um, I, I think it's an amazing time to start a farm. People are aware, and people are looking for your product. Yeah, Just get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if people can find out more about you, they can go to lazyoxfarm.com. Is that how they can find that out? Yeah. And also my Facebook page, although I'm not okay. that active on it right now, uh, Lazy Ox Farm Facebook page. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Margie, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a fascinating conversation. Really oh, excited you. to learn. If yeah. About if I've all inspired anyone, I'm so happy. And, and, you know, shipping the plants, it could work in concert with uh, producing produce too. Because like I said, I'm done yeah. at the end of May. Yeah. You, have your, you know, you have your whole summer and fall after that. Yeah. But it's yeah. a great early season jolt of money. Yes. <laughs> that all farmers need. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, you have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. 
Hey, Thriving Farmers, have you checked us out on YouTube lately? We have a bunch of new content there, including a few rants by me. I uh, want to tell you, you don't want to miss them. Um, I actually go rant about you know some of the problems I see in our space and some of the challenges I see farmers uh, facing. So go check that out. We've got instructional videos over there as well. Talk about setting up our new farm here in Ohio and all the steps we're going to do that, as well as just tutorials and tips on best practices for all sorts of things on the farm. So go ahead, check over at Growing Farmers on YouTube and see the new content we put together for you. So there you have it, another episode in the books. So I'd love if you would hop on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. Those mean everything to us. We love to hear what you're thinking. If you have a podcast guest that you can recommend, please pop on over to the Thriving Farmer podcast website and leave us a review. That's thrivingfarmerpodcast.com.